0: I'm Kathleen, and I'm Dee, and you're listening to Mamas with Attitude, otherwise known as MWA. Ma, mama, 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 mama. Some interesting, cool, South African relevant yeah. content. Yeah. Um, on where we were at, mm-hmm. you know, motherhood just comes to take on its different shapes and forms. Mommy's a Mama is a bone. It's Mama the Jesus. <laughs> weird. Yeah. You're uh-huh. in another zone, but you're totally out of the twilight. Mama! Mama! Mama!
1: Mama! weird. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the umpteenth episode of um, NWA. I am Dee. And, and I'm Kev. And we are in the final month of 2020, which has been an unbelievable year for all of us, pretty much. Yeah, yeah we're just, we're trying to keep doing the things.
0: We're trying to stay alive. <laughs> <Some of us laughs> really, um, yeah, how are you, Kath? I'm fine. I've been struggling with a little bit of anxiety but I'm I'm actually fine. It hasn't been it hasn't been accompanied by um, depression, which is my usual. Like the two mm. come together. Um, so really, it's just a question of I'm um, I don't know. I was chatting to a friend of mine, and we set ourselves up in really unhelpful ways. Like mm. I should be exercising. I should be pushing out articles. I should be performing highly in my workplace. Like all of these things. I should be a great mom all the time. You know, but we don't um, apply a level of gentleness to self. So I've just been trying to do a little bit more of that and show up where I can, how I can, and in a limited capacity sometimes. But that's also okay, Mm. And just also remember that, as you say, this has been such an extraordinary year, you know. So I'm just also feeling like I'm dealing with... um, like so many of us, uh, the year itself, but also a lot of residual stuff that just seems to come up. And I'm always amazed at how quickly you go into self-sabotage mode You know, like, you think that you've got things under control, and you've got a good habit and a good daily routine, and you're okay, and you're doing the things, and then something trips you up, and there's a trigger, and automatically, like, you just go to, like, this, I don't know, this primal space, I suppose, or this really innate, like, space where you i don't know self-sabotage that's certainly my my experience over the last while so babe absolutely fine just trying to take it easy and just be and really sit in the space you know that i'm in right now
1: right as you know i can't do that but i love listening to conversations (laughs) um yeah the resounding um I guess just theme of my life at the moment um, as you very much know is um, and as you have said is that there's no way around where you're at. The only way is through yeah. um, and it's definitely a time that has been accompanied by much anxiety and as you know, for me just trying to make sense of, of being responsible for the well-being of two young people young Mm. little women and I think I I mean everything you said resonates with me so completely and today is actually the very last day of my maternity leave. How Um, crazy. How absolutely crazy. It's been what um, three days short of four months um, that um, I've been on this kind of quote-unquote leave and I think um, one of the things that I'm just entirely fascinated by but in in a way where I'm quite like saddened by it is how how well how fast the time has gone which I know a lot of parents say a lot of mothers say certainly um about um maternity leave or parental leave but but just how much work I feel I've had to do anyway um yeah I I I do get that it's a choice at one level but there's another part that where I have realized something about how formal workspaces just, that's just how they are. They are mm. expectations, Nobody's forthcoming as far as, um, you know, things like you are on maternity leave or you are on leave. So nobody's bothering you. No, mm. that's not. Good. So that's been really fascinating for me. And then just kind of reflecting a little bit in as far as I can in between um you know, uh, the constant mania, Mm. Um, trying to kind of figure out who I am in this new space. And I just don't think that's possible for a long time still, you know. Um, So, yeah, I hear you on this year and also just on this moment that we're in, right, that there's so much pressure that we place on ourselves and as mothers, as as caregivers, as parents. Mm. Um, Yeah. But I think this is also such an opportune time. If there's anything else that you want to add, Kath, about where you're at, but perhaps a really great time to introduce our our guest today.
0: Who Absolutely.
1: we are super, super excited to have on um, on MWA. Um, so are, are you happy for me to go ahead, Kath?
0: Happy, happy, happy.
1: Great. Okay. Today we have... Um, the lovely Eilat Avaram um, on, our, on our podcast. Um, Eilat is, there are many ways in which I can uh, introduce and describe Eilat, um, but I'm going to take a little bit from her web uh, site or from her page rather. Um, and she calls herself a follow your truth catalyst. And I think it's just so wonderful. And I, I want to start there with her. Like, what does that even mean? But she's a psychologist. She's an author. Um, and she, she says about herself that she teaches a very powerful and simple method, which is to check in with your own truth in very, very tough decisions. And in those moments where you actually just don't know what to do, you ask yourself, if I loved myself, what would I do now? And so um, welcome, Aylat. Thank you. Um, Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hi. We are very commanding on board. Yeah. <laughs> And I suppose, um, there's, like I said, there's so many other things to say about you. I've known Eilat for a great number of years now. I don't know if it's a great number, but I'm going to go with great number, um, <laughs> because I feel like great things happen every year, um, and catastrophic things happen every year. And I've known Eilat and she's walked, um, her and I've walked a path, a bit of a path together. Um, and I really value her as a person and, um, I think we're just so looking forward to having this conversation with you um, today. And Ella is also a mom and um, has all kinds of um, little kernels of wisdom from from a slightly older mom. Yeah. Yeah. So welcome.
2: Thank you so much. Today is the last day of my older child's primary school. Oh, oh my, my goodness. goodness! So this is this is we sent him off, and we said, "Well done for making it through primary school." This is the last day you'll ever be in primary school. Wow. So it's also a, an amazing day. It's also great. How are you feeling about that? Um, it's weird. It's a little bit, you know, like hallucinatory. Yeah, <laughs> but it's uh, it's very exciting. He's so ready for it. He's so relieved to be out of primary school. It's nice yes. to you see your child be very ready for something that's that's happening.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool and really big. I you can't imagine that. I mean, Kath and I are still very much in the throes of trying to figure out which route to take for um, primary for school. For primary school, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and we're, we're feeling very aware of the fact that our boys um, – uh, who are now four. Well, Akani's about to turn five, isn't he, Kath? Now at yeah. the beginning of February. And um, we're just thinking constantly having these conversations with each other and others about how do we best prepare them? Where do we send them to? How do we know they'll get the best there? So it's really it's really cool to hear you say that, you know, they come out on the other side. <laughs> and I was about to say I'm here as living proof that you will <laughs> survive. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness wow that's cool okay nice congrats to all of you
0: yeah congrats <laughs> to all of you that's what i was yeah, gonna say wow. massive.
2: Yeah. and the other one just so that people know where i'm at the other one has just finished today's last day of grade four for him oh, oh wow
1: that's really cool wow does it ever get easier do you think pause silence, pause, silence. <laughs> you
2: know, I want to say yes it really really does because uh, you become more practiced you have sort of more archives in your brain to be able to refer back mm. to and the, the reason I paused is because the challenges change. They just sort of meet you where you're at. So, I mean, my, my older boy is, is, has entered adolescence and the voice is breaking and, and the the dynamics with us and with parents and with himself are all shifting and with his classmates. And, and there really is, uh, like, it's a, it's a real thing, this adolescence. He wow. kind of walks around with the little cloud over his head, you know, like in the cartoons.
0: Oh my goodness.
2: <laughs> so you can sort of like you really kind of get the sense of a cloud of hormonal despair. <laughs> um, but but it's beautiful. There's such beautiful things. So the challenges mm. shift, but I have found it easier and easier and easier as it goes along. Okay. So there's hope for you there's That's my offering of hope there's hope
0: but it's also difficult that adolescent stage is so difficult in a way um i'm i'm watching my mother go through it with my my brother who is 17 so she's been in the thick of it for a while um but it is so difficult in the sense that they're their own people on their own journey that is independent of yours, and there's very little that you can do. So I feel like we're in the thick of doing, right, at this stage. We're able to, like, intervene in fundamental ways in our children's lives, and they actually are welcome to that. They need it. They want it. There's a, there's a kind of a, a an interdependency that is very accentuated during this 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 phase. That's and then easy. as they become older and go into this adolescent phase, I've seen with my brother that like, he wants to figure it out on his own, but he, he doesn't know how. And my mother doesn't, doesn't know how to help him. And in some ways, the just going back to like the, the beginning conversation of like the only way is through, I feel like that's the same for adolescents. Mm-hmm. And of course, naturally during that period of time, my mother is now going through menopause. So they're both going through these like incredible life changes, right? Um, alongside each other that are, are so monumental, um, but, but in a way create this chasm that is so real. What's that been like for you? I mean, I know you say it's beautiful. You've touched on it a little bit, but um, just the beginning phases, there, there is so much beauty in it, but there is also quite a lot of, of hard stuff, right?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of giggling at the at the hormonal monsoon that's happening in your mom's house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, hearing you say it, I'm actually really excited about the conversation we're going to have today because mm. one of the reasons that I find it easier and easier and one of the things that is, is really amazing about adolescence, but it starts with, much earlier it starts at age two really when the word no becomes so attractive to little ones Mm. and that no is the beginning of sometimes speak people speak about two years old as the
0: first adolescence yeah
2: because they call them
0: teenagers, which was very much my experience (laughs) yeah
2: um, well, two, three is yeah. I mean, every every year has its has its amazing uh, kind of challenge. But two, the first time they start to play with this notion that they have the power to control, because they can say no to something, which is like uh, amazing. They can make something not happen, or they can mm-hmm. stop something from happening, or they can assert their will in some way. It's a very exciting time. And, and you kind of, you know, it's it's a really important skill that they're going to very much need in adolescence, right? Mm. They really need to be able to say no to external things that are being imposed on them that they're not mm. comfortable with. And we get so frustrated as parents when they're two and they're shouting, no! <laughs> but at the same time, there's this incredible need for us as parents to be able to hold and respect the no and to learn how to navigate it with them to honor that they are because I loved what you said now as teenagers they start to become their own people their own person and I wanted to say that starts right from this beginning yeah at two years old as parents who are so interconnected interlinked interdependent to be able to honor that this little being is saying no and it's, and it's a real thing and it means something for them and to respect that they are their own entity in that moment mm. really sets up the, the grounding and the permission for both you and them to listen to your own truth as your life goes on. Mm. Mm. What I'm finding in adolescence is that we're building on the foundations of that where there's a deep respect for my child knowing who he is and what he wants and what's right for him
3: Mm.
2: and that my role always has been to hold space for him to discover who he is and how to best live the expression of him in Mm. the world but even more so as an adolescent to step back a little bit more and say okay you've got this but I'm right here behind you Mm. it's kind of like The training wheels on the bicycle. Absolutely. You you take them off, but you say, I'm I'm running right
1: next to you. (laughs) Yeah, I hear that. Kind of in line with what you're speaking about now, I'm on your the Facebook page for So You Think Parenting is About the Children. Right. Mm-hmm. And the, <laughs> the profile picture there is, and I'll read it out so that I'll listen. <laughs> yeah. you know this well, Kat. This is where we're at. <laughs> the, the, the parent says, I want you to have everything in this world that your heart desires. And the little person goes, can I have ice cream? And the parents say, no. No, not that. <laughs> no. No. I mean, I think it's just great. Like I'm giggling to myself listening to you, Ala, because this is I think this is the, the 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 kind of big conundrum of the everyday, you know, with, with smallies. I find anyway is that you want to be there watching with the training wheels, going, Go forth and I can see. And you know, <laughs> um you are as you said to me actually just the other day, you know, I trust that you are, you, your emotions that you will be okay. And I, 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 you know, I really struggled when you said that to me, but I think I'm starting to get it. Um, I've had to think and feel through it a little bit because I think what it means is. Can I have ice cream? No, and you'll be okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm level. laughs> and, and I trust that you will survive. And would I trust be, that you will survive, even though I you're denying good. you ice cream right now. Right. So, <laughs> I I find that really fascinating. Um, but I also think what um, a little bit of what Kath is kind of saying is that we are still. There are glimpses, certainly, of having conversations or like, I guess I want to say things not seeming as messy, right. As, as, as smallies, smallies um, with the, the four turning five-year-olds, but they're still small children. And um, there, there are a lot of big feelings in these small bodies. And I think, um how one navigates that with a level of integrity can place a lot of you can one can place a lot of pressure on oneself as kath you were saying earlier right about showing up every day um and so i guess i want to kind of turn to um asking you the question pilates hey, book is called if i loved myself what would i do now is that the full title yes well, the, the that's the
2: website is if I loved myself, and that's the question to ask. But the book is called "If, if You
1: Loved Yourself." What would if you do you loved yourself? Right? Yeah. And I, I guess, I want to ask you now. Can you tell us what that means? I mean, you have this beautiful book about this. I've read the book, and I, I mean, there's so many in each chapter. There's a kind of there's something that resonates and perhaps you can just tell us what does it mean to ask yourself that every day
2: well I think the concept of self-love is quite deeply misunderstood because we tend to think of it in terms of bubble baths and massages and getting away for the weekend and and having desperately longing for some time off to just you know Feel your own body without little hands on it, and um, and and breathe fresh air without someone pulling on you and saying they want to go home now. So, we you know we have these fantasies. I I remember it well. You know it gets better, but that that memory doesn't go away. What I understand to be self love is meeting our needs. Mm. When you love someone, and when you, we're talking about parenting right now, so. If you think about how you love your child and what it is that you do to show love to your child, essentially what you're doing is you're meeting your child's needs as best you can. Mm-hmm. So there's the basic stuff of uh, food and shelter and, you know, clothing and to change nappies and that. But there's also, if your child is scared, you offer comfort. If your child needs encouragement, you encourage. If your child needs reassurance you reassure so you are constantly meeting your child's needs and that's how you show love right Mm. and when we think of care and of anything of of a pet that you love if you're a plant lover even if you have your own business and you care for it there's some really basic things that we accept and take for granted they're they're obvious Everything has needs, and if those needs are met, the thing thrives. If the needs are not mm-hmm. met, can, you know, uh, deteriorates. So, if you have a business and you make sure you put the time in and the thought and you hire in the skills you need and the capital, etc., then you're going to have a thriving business. Mm. And if you have a plant and you Don't remember to give it water, and you put it in sun if it's a shade plant, or you put it in shade if it's a sun plant. It's going to probably die, or really not Mm. do well. Mm. And for an animal, it's so obvious—you have to feed it, love it, take it for walks, right? We so those are so obvious to us, but yet when it comes to ourselves, we don't do that. We don't look after our needs in the way we do for everybody else, and then. This is the fascinating part. Then we get really angry with ourselves for not thriving. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Somehow we're supposed to, you know, defy all the rules of, uh, I don't know what to call it, of nature. And we're supposed to be okay and to be balanced and to still have patience when our little ones are needing us and to, you know, not be exhausted when we haven't had enough sleep. So I think we're very, very hard on ourselves. I, I I say that it starts with you. Self-care and being able to be the parent that you want to be starts with you. And you is an acronym. So the Y stands for yes to yourself. You need to be able to say yes to yourself. And that means meet your needs, to really honor your needs. Then the O stands for open to what you know. Because you do know what you need, you know what's going on around you. And we often we're so quick to say, oh no, I'm I'm sure it's not like that, or oh that'll be fine, when when you kind of know it won't be. Mm. Mm. And then the you stands for you are the expert because truly you're the only expert on your life and you're the only expert on yourself and what you need and what's right for you. Right. Yeah. So, the basis of the book is that within every decision point that you face, and that can be anything like what should I cook for breakfast this morning? Or um, (laughs) shall I try (laughs) sleep training or not? Or any decision that you face, Uh or, you know, shall I completely lose it right now and scream at my child? (laughs) Every moment that you face, there's, there's a, what I call a sacred moment. And in that sacred moment, You either turn towards what you know is true for you, your truth, what's right for you, you, what you prefer, Mm. or you turn away from it. It's a T-junction. There isn't a slightly this way or slightly that way. You either turn towards yourself and your inner truth or you turn away from it. And when we turn towards our inner truth, and that means that you have a preference in that moment, or you know what you want, you know what you need, you know what's right for you, and you turn towards that. It's the most amazing feeling because your needs are met in that moment. You turn towards, if you're needing reassurance, you give yourself reassurance. If you're hungry, you give yourself food. If you uh, need to take a moment, you take a moment. and, And you just, it feels like everything's right in the world because your needs are being met Mm. but if you turn away and when we turn away because we do it so much when we turn away from our truth from what we know is right for us in that moment that's when things go you know Start to fall apart. That's when the wheels come off because that's what will lead us to anxiety, to depression, to Mm. shouting at our kids, to hitting and feeling so bad about it later, to feeling like we're not the people we want to be. Because when we turn away from what we know is right for us in a moment, we are not meeting our needs. It's like we see the plant needs water and we walk past it and we don't water it. Yeah. So, for me that's that's the crux of it and when people come to me I've been I've been working with people for 24 years and I I have the privilege of seeing people's decisions play out mm. and every time someone comes and says how did this happen how did I get here what what is this mess mm. we go back and we look at the decisions that they've made to get there big decisions and little choices along mm. the way And again and again and again, we see, oh, okay, I overrode myself there. I didn't listen to myself there. Oh, I knew I needed that, but I did the other thing. Mm. It's incredible. You can just, for me by now, it's like a formula. You know, one plus one is going to equal two. If you turn away from your truth, you're going to land up with overeating, road rage, depression, low self-esteem, Binge watching, Netflix, procrastination, mm. all of the stuff that we deal with daily. Have and you been watching my stories, ailet <laughs> <No. laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, On Instagram? That sounds like my last couple of months. Okay. We
2: need to have a chat, okay? And maybe today if you want to, we can use one or two of your examples and you know help you process it because the seeing this in action is actually the most effective way. Yeah. Mm. So essentially, when you come to that decision moment, when you become aware that there's something that you you, there's a decision facing you, Mm. I teach a a little acronym for it, which is to allow. But essentially, you first a you acknowledge, oh, there's something off, or there's something facing me. Then l you lay it out. You just factually express what's going on, how do I feel about it, what's what is it that I need to decide. So you don't analyze at this point. You just factually say this is what it is. Then the second L is you ask the love question, which D mentioned. If I loved myself, what would I choose to do now? If I loved myself, what would I say to myself now? And then you get the O, which is open to the truth, open to the answer that you get, which is intuitive, and it is listening to your intuition, but there is also a massive psychoneurological thing going on. It's cascades of information coming from your autonomic nervous system, which support that answer. Mm. And then the W is you walk the next step. Just the next step. We expect ourselves to leap forward three thousand miles in one leap. Just the next step. Mm. Sometimes in the midst of chaos, you suddenly go, okay, hang on, hang on. I need what am I going to do? What am I going to do? So that's an acknowledgement. There's something I need to do. Mm. then you lay it out you go i'm sitting here i'm at the end of my tether my one child is pulling on me because he wants something to eat but my other child needs her nappy changed i don't actually know what to do right now in this moment so that's you lay it out then you ask yourself the love question if i loved myself what would i say to myself now If I loved myself in the way I love my dear friend or I love my child or I love my pet, what would I choose to do now? And then you open to the answer. You see what immediately comes up for you and you will get some kind of response from your inner self immediately. And sometimes that response is, I would just pause right now in the middle of this chaos and pat myself on the head and give myself a hug. Hmm. And then W, you walk the next step. And the next step is that you actually stop and you pat yourself on the head and you give yourself a hug.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: And guess- you're going to shift in that moment. And then you need to start allowing again, you know. Then it's like, okay, I feel a little bit calmer. Right, now this is the next step. And you start mm-hmm. the process again. So what I love to say is that you allow and you allow and you allow. Oh, yeah. and you allow you. Say yes to yourself. Open to what you know, because you mm.
0: are the open. Mm. Mm. That's so true. I think. Yeah. I think one one of the that's things true. that's been incredibly challenging about being a mom to to a small child and now two small children is that you honestly just feel like you don't have that moment to take a breath, the capacity. and yeah, or the capacity. Mm-hmm. Like the chaos is so. Overwhelming and all-consuming sometimes, and I mean not not this is not the general rule of it, um, but you're also just exhausted. You are feeling depleted. Your partner is feeling depleted. You do not have the room or the space to kind of fill each other's la- love tanks, let alone yourselves, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Or your own love tanks. And I think that that's kind of been one of the the biggest things about being becoming a mom has been that that it has felt like an assault from the time that my <laughs> child came out. You know, Um, and I think, I think less so now, I mean, I'm 18 months into the, to, to my, my last born and I can definitely feel that I'm, I have room have capacity i'm able now to to this allow and this moment to acknowledge lay it out ask the love question be open to the truth and and walk the next step and that gentleness of, of allowing that room not only to myself but also to my partner is is very much alive and present in this household now but i can say uncategorically that for the first kid I did not have the room or the space even 18 months into his life for that. Um, I didn't even have the capacity to to take a moment and take those 10 breaths that you know that you so desperately need. And it felt like kind of walking an, underwater, you know, like where you're walking underwater and you're just not able to breathe and you know that you've kind of got to keep walking and eventually maybe it will get easier. But it's, it's hard with small children, I think.
2: Yeah. I think, you know, listening to you, I I completely resonate. I I remember all of that. But I think it's not that we don't have the capacity. I actually think it's because we don't give ourselves permission. Hmm. So you do have the capacity to stop and take a breath or 10 breaths, like you said. And nobody's going to die. And I think that's what (laughs) what you were referring to when I said to her, You know, we have to be able to say no and we have to be able to do what we need and we have to allow everybody to have their experiences. Mm. And so if you have taken 10 breaths, are you a different mommy than if you don't take 10 breaths? Sure. Mm. And who's going to really suffer and when? Are your children not going to pay for it that you didn't stop and take those 10 breaths? Mm. Mine certainly did. If I didn't hold those ten breaths, yeah yeah, yeah, I didn't have the space to be nice to them about what they needed absolutely, absolutely
3: mm.
0: stop licking me oh my god, I'm gonna please stop licking me it's too early in the morning uh uh-uh. ah, please stop licking me
3: I'm gonna lick you until tell <laughs> you
0: Oh, you gonna lick me until I tickle you. Please stop licking me. Oh my God. I don't like it. Stop licking me, Agani. I think you're 100% right, Elad, Actually, now just thinking about like the reframing of that, like just giving yourself permission it's yeah i i do actually totally hear you and i think that the 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 longer like every milestone which would be like i don't know a birthday say now where you're like oh, this kid is still alive i haven't killed this child you know you, you you take back a little bit more of that and allow yourself a little bit more permission because you realize that if i don't Like I know new moms, like if the child um, has a wet nappy, there's like this urgency. We need to change the nappy now or the world will fall, you know. And with an older mom, it's like, no, I'm going to finish this cup of tea while it's still hot. And then I'm going to change the kid's nappy and no one's going to die. And I think that that's also really interesting because it also sets up such a weird dynamic between older women and new moms. I don't know if, if this is like we were, Dee and I were just talking about um, or have been talking about it over and over again, where either it's an incredibly nurturing space where the older woman is like, you, you will be fine. The child will be fine. You just calm down. And basically the, the older mom is saying, allow yourself the permission. To do things at your pace when you are ready and so on and so on, right? So all the things that you've said, but for the newer mom, sometimes also how you then read that and how it's framed in your, in your brain is that this, this person is, doesn't understand the, the space that I'm in. It's such an anxious time. It's such an overwrought emotional time. Yeah. Um, and exactly what you're saying around so much, it feels like so much is weighted in that moment. So much value of self, how the world perceives you, how society perceives you, is weighted in that particular moment on whether or not you change the nappy with oh. urgency and speed. You know? Right. It's such an interesting, it's such a weird time in one's life.
1: Yeah, it really is. I. I mean, I am very much in the thick, as you both know. Um, and I think um, two quite different experiences of small baby life. But I think that it's really hard for me to see, even though I know it's a, it's a space that passes, it's hard for me to give myself this permission because I feel constantly worried that someone isn't going to survive something. Um and 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 so I I do hear you, Kath, 18 months into Amu's life, Akani's about to turn five, just feels like there's a bit more room. You're able to do things that bring you fundamentally a lot more joy, right? So you're working much later into the night, you're not wake, you're not having night wake ups, all of those things. Absolutely um and I I mean yeah I am I'm still very much in the thick and and I was just looking at at the section on parenting a lot and one of the highlighted bits here you say parenting is where you get to master skills you missed out on as a child that's the self-love gift mm-hmm. parenting offers mm-hmm. and when I read that now when I read it initially when I just had Tao, and I was still pregnant or possibly before that, um, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes complete sense to me. Um, <laughs> yeah. But now I'm like, oh, okay, I don't know when I get to – I don't know when I get to gift myself that again because I don't know what I'm doing yet, mm. you know, um, and that's that's how I feel. I just feel like I don't know what I'm doing all the time. Um, and so I don't know where to find the lesson, because there is so much going on all the time, or not even where to find the lesson, but just in you know, can I stop and and say, okay, you can take the ten breaths here, mm. you know, um, or you know, the stuff around um, constantly being late. I remember with Tao, this was a thing also where for the first year of his life, if not a bit more, I just felt like I couldn't agree to any kind of time. I couldn't even now. I can't. I really really struggle, and I know that. Lots of moms with newborns and small bubbas feel that way. Um, But I feel like the nature of society is that you're constantly being asked to either slot in somewhere or you are asking someone else to slot in somewhere. Yeah. And so it's really hard to, in that kind of moment, and those moments are many in a day, I suppose, and in a week. Go. Oh, okay, cool. You know, this is going. This feels gentle and kind to me and to the and to my child or to both yeah. of children. It really does. And with Tao, I kind of went into a little bit of hibernation, I guess. And just, just I, I know this is some similar for you, Kath, and I actually think you do more of this with your kids, even because um, you've been, you know, in conversations we've had, you've you've said, you know, like, "Yo, okay, that's a lot of movement," but I, I guess I'm I'm also. On the one hand, I know contextually this is where we're at and I'm doing the best I can and my partner's doing the best he can and we care for
2: them both.
3: But
1: on the other hand, I'm dragging, I'm dragging your
2: tone. Let me just say that, okay?
1: <laughs> no, i <I'm laughs> out. Her. Let's call it out. <laughs> <laughs> on the other hand, I'm like, yo, this child's shame. You know, she's had two naps. Out in the world, breathing corona air. I mean, the poor child. She's, you know, what's gonna happen? She's been in this, in the, in the carrier. Two naps in the carrier. That's not good, you know. So, I, I, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. And I, I'm fascinated because everybody said the second one is much easier. And God. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but no there are many things that are not easier they're not easier I think you rode in on that on that horse hard babe that like I, this is the second time that I've heard you say that and uh. I just think that that's really interesting for me I did feel like the second one was uh. a little bit easier I really did like I wasn't as anxious I wasn't as overwrought that's I true. had the support that I needed i crafted no. the support that I needed because of how lonely I felt with the first. Um, and yeah, there was, there were, you hit rock bottom with every kid. I think, yeah. uh, I think uh, Nokalinda said that, right? Nokalinda Mkise said that on a previous episode. Um, and you think that, ah, this one, it's going to be easy because it's my second, but it's, you do hit rock, rock bottom, but the only way is up. And the whole family readjusts to having a new, a new little soul, a new little personality in the the household. Yep. But no. I think also, babe, like you can't I think that you're also like one of those people who likes to problem solve, which I think is beautiful. You can't I don't think you can solve your way out of this. Like I just think it's about <laughs> I think for me it's like little moments. And I really love what you say, Ailat, around this idea of sacred moments. And mm. I think what I'm starting to to really just like sit with a lot more is how a life is made up of moments. Um, And actually, like, it's not these life-changing moments that make up a life. It's your daily grind. Every day, the decisions that you make that seem insignificant and small are the things that make up a life. And that's so interesting for me because – I think you get the sense, or at least I do, where I want, I want that instant gratification, right? Of like, I don't know, whether it be like signing a book and then my life is different. The life is, you know, whatever. I don't know. Like, I don't know what I'm saying, but like, that's a moment in my life, my lifetime. But actually, the moments that are more significant in my lifetimes are what am, what am I feeding my body in this moment? Like, actually, like, what am I making for lunch? What am I, how am I choosing to respond to this particularly hard conversation that I'm having with my partner? You know, like, yeah. and, um, and it's incredible for me that that's what it is. And I just, I kind of wish that, and I suppose that if you had said this to a teenager or a teenage Kathleen, like yeah. it's, the, it's the smaller moments that count more they count way more than these big milestones that in your head. I think I would have probably rolled my eyes and not quite understood what you were saying. But actually, I do wish that we we, we frame life in that way because I think that that's, that's what counts, actually. It, it's, it's so
2: interesting that you're, I mean, this, I, I have a million things to respond mm. to, so many of the things that each of you are saying. And something really beautiful you said just now is I crafted that support for myself. Mm. And I think that was such a profound meeting of your needs that you saw you had a need that wasn't being met because you were feeling lonely and, mm. and you met that need by crafting for yourself a, a network that was going to feel safer. Mm. Um, you said about the, the teenagers. It's really interesting. I just, uh, was offered a, a training on decision making for mm. people pleasers and mm. it. Uh, it's the same thing. It's teaching this method for those moments when you're not sure if you can allow yourself to be who you are and to do the thing that you prefer. And uh, a teenager had watched this, mom messaged me and she said she watched it with her 15 year old daughter.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And she said it was the most transformative thing. She said her daughter realized how many times she had turned away from her truth in just one day.
3: Oh, my goodness. They apparently yeah. sat together
2: afterwards and, and talked about it. And this daughter, she, she listed it for me. I I could find it if I looked for it now. But she basically said that the girl had eaten something she hadn't liked so much. She laughed at a joke that she didn't think was that funny. She agreed to go somewhere with her friends. It wasn't really what she felt like doing. So apparently she counted five or six things that she had done that weren't what she really wanted to do just in that one day. And they That's were both incredible blown away by that Mm. and if you think of it um, I often do say that decisions and choices are the building blocks of our lives which Mm. Kath is exactly what you were saying now Mm. because if you think about a day where you've turned away from what you need again and again and again I mean that's depressing yeah if you think of a child who wants something and he says "Oh, I want that and you say well you can't have it and then he says, "Okay, well, I want that," and you said, "No, you can't have that either." And, and you keep doing that. Can you imagine what's going to happen to that child? Mm, mm. Yeah, anger, frustration, and then it's sure. going depression. Yeah, and we do that to ourselves, and then we get depressed, and we don't know why. Mm. I, I actually, I, I want to say that, like Dee, you were saying about, um, I laughed and I flagged your tone.
3: Mm. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Because the way that you were saying it was implying you, I'm trying to remember exactly what you said, but you were sort of saying, I know I should do this, and I know I should do that. And I thought there's such a strong um, intonation of judgment that it shouldn't be like it is. It should be some other way. Mm. That way would be the right way, and then it would be perfect, and then you would get it right, and then everything would be okay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like how you introduced it by saying the only way is through. Yeah. It's not about even taking. You, you said, I know I should take the 10 breaths. But the thing is, in a way, that's how I started by saying we have this flawed understanding of what self love is because we think that self love is often to get away from a situation. Mm. But actually, it's. It's looking after your needs right in the mess, Mm. in that moment. It's not saying this moment should be different and if I can make this moment different, then I will have achieved something and it will be the right thing. It's actually to say this moment is no different than it is. I'm a blubbering mess right now just shouted at my child I feel completely overwrought I was snappy at my partner I feel unsupported I don't actually know what to do I have a project I'm supposed to be completing and I can't even get myself to think about it right now Mm. that's not the time to say I'm going to step out and take some breaths that's the time to say if I loved myself what would I say to myself now If I was with a dear friend of mine who was feeling like I'm feeling and doing what I'm doing, what would I say to her?
3: Mm.
2: And then saying that to yourself. Mm. So it's not changing yourself to be better. It's really accepting yourself in that moment because that is self-love. Yeah. And that's permission. It's permission to go, right now I'm a mess. Right now I arrive late for everything. That's where Mm -hmm. I'm at.
0: Yeah, and it's okay because I I also think I mean D N correct me if I'm wrong I know that the late thing is a trigger for you, and then you go down a spiral of like serious guilt or I don't know like I'm not I'm not going to speak for you around your feelings around that but I know that that was like. You're, you're, you're really, are, that's something, it's seemingly small, but it is something that you have struggled with, certainly with Tao, and now I think that you're confronted with it again with two, right, yeah. is this idea of committing to a time, and, and mm-hmm. let's commit to that time, and, and be capitalist in our, in our approach to <laughs> that time, you know, and, like, it's not always, I don't think it's always possible, and I think that um from what I've seen around the late question and I know that there are things for me that are triggers for me certainly as well right but around the late question it's it's exactly what Elat is saying like no one's going to die if you're an hour late for that thing that lunch it's all Mm -hmm. if it's a meeting and you come onto the meeting five ten minutes late keep it moving
1: it's just Mm -hmm. a very
0: specific time in our lives and when you know it just is what it is yeah I
1: look look I think I think sometimes I'm quite like I can own it with ease, but I think it's an interesting time to introduce um, the partner element to mm-hmm. parenting because I think, yeah. as dun, much dun, as, I think as much as lateness is a trigger for me, and it is, and I think it's like it's a childhood, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a long-standing thing, right? Where there's something about being respectful, and you know, blah blah yeah. blah i must say that it is a much bigger trigger for will you know so like i'll see him get quite agitated with me you know and i'll be like what i don't understand what's happening you know we have a small baby like we can't help this you know and he'll be he'll say something like for a long time for many years of my life i was very late and i don't like being late anymore this is something i feel i show up and etc etc and it carries so much more weight than lateness
3: okay Hold. This is a and whenever you see the the opening or the clothing, tell me, and I will go in. I have to look. Then the opening
1: will come okay? As I go into, lean into this partnership more. Um, I feel very aware of the fact that my partner is the ultimate people pleaser. Um, the uh, the ultimate D pleaser which in personality I love but I mean I, I must admit there's some concern for his mental health and I know <laughs> that you're going to say that is not quite your responsibility but I, I mean yeah, my question I guess is around how do we can we hold space for our partners and can they even hold space for us in a In a time where, and in this context that we're speaking of, where you're saying you have to also trust that the people around you are going to be okay in a very fundamental Mm -hmm. way, right? Mm So I I struggle with those seeming incongruencies, um, if I can put it that way, and just how you can show love and care for your partner when sometimes you actually just don't agree, but you're disagreeing about stuff around like, I mean, our most recent disagreement or one of them was around the bottle, right? Um, And then uh, I felt like he had done no kind of background grunt work on which bottle, how to do the bottle. So there was like a little bit of um, tension there or scratchiness there because I was quite uncomfortable with the fact that I had done that affective labor and felt quite judged in a moment, which he may, may well not have been doing. Um, and probably was not doing. But I, I guess I'm saying there are so many of these small, scratchy moments in amongst the lovely moments, Kath that you're speaking about and the lovely choices we get to make on the daily. Am I having yeah. some lunch? I, you know, there's also you're really annoying because you're speaking really loudly, and I'm also trying to have my meeting in the same room, you know, with mm-hmm. children. So I there are also those tensions, and I guess My question is around, like, how does one answer the love question there? So you're saying, if I love myself, what would I do in this moment? But that might not be kind towards the next person.
2: Well, if it is self-loving, it actually will always be kind. Ooh. (laughs) <laughs> because when you tune into your own heart truth when it's coming from that real place of oh yes this feels right um it it because it doesn't feel good to you to be unkind to someone at all and certainly yeah. not someone you love right mm. so it's not self-loving yeah the, the kind mm. thing the, the kind thing very often is to have faith in the other person to manage their own life experience and certainly not disrespect them by taking away their sacred moment choices. Yeah. So to say to your partner in that moment, I can see this is hard for you. What would you like to do about it?
0: So you say that again, I'm going to be, I'm going to be Jada Pinkett on red table talk and be like, that was a moment for me. (laughs) Which so moment, each thing? You have faith in the other person too. I'm writing it down, so also like I need I need it verbatim. You <laughs> said basically have faith in the other I person, person that they are going to make
2: person to um, manage their own life experience. Yeah, and mm-hmm. certainly not to disrespect them by depriving them of their mm-hmm. sacred moment. Mm-hmm.
1: Places. Mm-hmm.
0: Can we just wait? I, I'm so sorry, <laughs> but this is a big thing for me because. Yeah. In the partner oh, conversation, yeah. Yeah. we do not do that. We do not do that, and I and I and I feel like I, I, this may be a general rule amongst like close girlfriends of mine. I'm going to speak for all of us when I say, <laughs> do it, do in, it. In, in in this moment, in small parenting, but certainly even like in I don't know partnering in profound ways, whether it be moving in together or whatever that looks like for you. As so we we enter the relationship where we have profound faith in this person to manage their own life experience, right? Right. And for whatever reason, however that happens over a period of time, that is eroded. And <laughs> there's a second there's there's just this this the secondary nature that we pick up as as certainly as women where we're like we're, we have so little faith, so little trust in that person. And then what what happens is that that's a self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. So then they. Then, then that's, we're just, we're in the cycle where, you know, the person is like, well, you don't have faith in me anyway. So you're diminishing my ability for self-love in profound ways, but doesn't say that we don't have that conversation. And that's such a vicious cycle. And I just think if for anything, like uh, there's been so many gems for me out of this conversation already, but if for anything, that for me is such a profound moment, you Uh know?
2: I want to interject there and add a little something, which might, uh, which might do something else, which is that nobody. You said, uh, can you repeat what you said? You you blocked my ability for self love or something. What did you say? Do you remember?
0: What diminishing their their ability for for self or yes, yes. yeah, I think so. Yeah. And I want to say there is there is no such thing.
2: That is an illusion. Nobody can diminish our capacity or mm. our ability of love. That is 100% that's a hundred percent ourselves. But not that
1: question. <laughs> yeah. oh. well, I'm having so bad, many
2: moments. <laughs> you see why it needed an introductory dum dum dum.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm having so many moments. Okay. All right. Go. Sorry. Sorry.
2: What D? speak Sorry D. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, question around how do you test? Because oh, okay, how hmm, how to phrase this? How do you know? Can you know that? I know what you're gonna say, Ella, but I'm gonna ask. <laughs> how, <laughs> how can you know that you that your version of self love and using the love question? resonates with your partner. In other words, I get I what I was what I was saying, what I mean when I say I know what you're gonna say is I feel like you're gonna say something like mm-hmm. you have to trust them, their journey, their right. But I, I guess I'm asking how can you know that if so if I say to my partner, I'm having a moment now where I'm practicing the love question. I'm self loving myself. Leave me. She's crying. It's okay. Right. I guess What if he doesn't understand what that means? What does that do for the relationship? None of your business, whether he understands or not.
2: (laughs) That is life experience. He is having a moment with that. He is faced with a sacred moment there. My partner is doing something that I don't understand and and, and it scares me. Mm. If I loved myself, what would I choose to do now? He may say, okay, fine, then I'm going to go and pick her up. That will be his choice. Mm. You need to Mm. sit there being content with your choice, and he needs to sit there being content with his choice. And when each of you is lovingly respecting the other one's truth, then the most wonderful things start to happen. I actually had an incredible moment earlier today because it happened last night, but I only spotted it today. So I'm running this group at the moment. It's a four week program and it's, it's decision making for people pleasers
3: Mm -hmm.
2: and it's, and it's been incredible. And this, this group and I've set up a WhatsApp group for them so that, you know, if people want to process during the week or to share what they've been doing and how it's going and someone sort of posted this little question of I'm not really sure do I do this or do I do that I don't expect you guys to know but I was just sort of you know expressing my thoughts and Mm -hmm. then the rest of the group asked her the most incredible insightful questions that were really helping her deep dive into is this your truth is this self-loving is this your wounding where is this coming Mm -hmm. from And what was so incredible for me in that, and I I practically was dancing around like a (laughs) person, because for me, this was a moment of fulfillment of my dream of what earth could be like. Yeah, yeah. There was a whole group of people. And they were all focusing not on telling her what to do. None of them were interested in what the real answer was or what the right decision. They wanted to know what her self-loving decision was, what was her truth. Hmm. And they all were completely, whether they knew that they were doing it or not, and just, I guess, the ethos of the group and everything that, that I teach and that they've chosen to sign up for is that each one of us knows for ourselves what's right. Right. Mm. And when we act on what's right for us, truly right for us, it is in service of the whole. It always benefits everyone around us. Mm. So if I'm choosing to parent in the way that's right for me in this moment, it's going to be because I feel like it will best benefit my sanity and well-being, my child's well-being and the harmony of my family. I'm not going to choose something that's going to harm anyone or cause sure. disruption because that's not going to be good for me. So I often do say this and people, the question I get a lot is, isn't this selfish? Mm. And my response is that loving yourself is the least selfish thing that you can do. Hmm. When you love yourself, and this totally speaks directly to relationship. When you love yourself, you are attending to your needs on a regular basis and in a very attuned way. You are attuned to yourself. You are attuned to your needs. And when your needs are met, you're lovely. <laughs> you're a nice mummy, you're patient mm. you're able to engage with your partner in a much more compassionate and open way because your needs are met mm. but when you don't meet your needs, when you're not attuned to your needs or you're attuned to them and you override them, you're like, "Oh, I don't need the toilet, but I'll go just now and mm-hmm. you and you're, you're naing. <laughs> <laughs> And you haven't eaten and you know you haven't slept and there's five messages you need to answer and you're just waiting with them because you're going to make sure that your child has his or her afternoon nap, Mm. that they are resisting. I mean, we all know that that's a recipe for just explosion, right? Absolutely. How many needs of yours are not met in that moment? And then your precious beloved partner comes in and says, are you sure you want to be holding her like that? <laughs> boom! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And why is the boom there? It's because he, poor Purs- sod, walked <laughs> into a minefield of your unmet needs. <laughs> And whose responsibility is that? Oh, my God. It's yeah. not his, people. It's not his.
1: <laughs> it's not his. People. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.
2: Yeah. You need to make sure that you go and make a wee when you need one, that you eat when you're hungry, that you answer those messages, yes, even though your child needs to nap. You can say, you know what, I'm going to take these 15 minutes, I'm going to put her on my lap, I'm going to let her play next to me, I'm going to let her chew on something while I answer mm. messages because if I don't, I will feel stressed and I won't be able to be present for her. Right. Yeah. And when all of that is attended to, you go, right, lovely. let me go, let me see if you're open to taking a nap. Yeah. And then when your partner comes in and says, are you sure you want to hold her like that, you can have the capacity to say, why do you see something wrong with it? Like maybe yeah. I'm putting myself up here. Is there a different way yeah. you can see of holding her? Would you like to show me how you can hold her? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Just a different world, different world. You but mean, can you're I say, sorry, sorry Aila, this idea of a different world, I just think is so... Um, it's like right on the money for me. It's like the universe is, you know, you, when you're putting, when you're sitting with something and then the universe sends you signals. Yeah. So this morning um, I was looking at Instagram and on the new normal uh, stories that she's showing like a book that she's picked up in a cafe or whatever, and a couple of the quotes. And one of the quotes was around how every Every movie, every kind of Hollywood movie that we're watching, when we speak about the future, it's kind of devoid of humanity. And it's like this robotic, AI-focused, um, Armageddon, very, like, barren um, yeah. universe that we're creating, right? Yeah. And that actually this could, too, be like a self-fulfilling prophecy if we're not careful because we, we're, we, we manifest our thoughts, we manifest what we're putting out, and it just got me thinking around, and then linking it back to this, this this idea of the project of mothering, where you're you're having to create universes for for these children, right, mm-hmm. and for for other children as well, for 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 children broader than just your family, and just this idea that you just said now around dancing around your your lounge or wherever because. It got you thinking around um, a, a different possibility and that's what you're invested in, a different possibility of what, what a world could look like. I just think is so profound because, again, just to link it back to this idea of small mo- small, insi- seemingly insignificant moments making up a lifetime, is that if we're able to kind of instill this level of self-love, one, certainly within ourselves, but provide the framework within our household for our children and hopefully for our partner too, then it just creates a different universe. And granted, it may be a small universe, i.e. your household, but the ripple effects that that then has on a broader kind of societal level are incredible.
2: They're massive. And, you know, when I heard you say now about self-love, a lot of people get triggered by that, you know, self-love. Ooh, I can't love myself. I don't know what to – I just want to say meet your needs. mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm it that's all i want to say needs okay Mm. needs everything is going to feel a lot better for you Mm. and when your partner is distressed and this is beautiful because this then we're 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 heading now into the four-year-old territory which is what you guys originally (laughs) this is where we wanted to go to i think
1: just as a sidebar we go we'd like to do this and this and this and we have like a complete clear this
2: session <laughs> no no but we're getting there we will but so um the the beautiful thing is when your needs are not met and I, I mean i go into this in the book and i go into this in my courses and every workshop we speak about needs because it's, this is the foundation
3: hmm.
2: when your needs are met you feel good and when your needs are not met you feel bad that's it if you follow that formula you will be happy for the rest of your life Mm. when your partner is not happy it's because he or she has unmet needs Mm. that's it Mm, mm, so mm, you can mm. say to them love what do you need i can see that you're struggling at the moment i can see you're not happy what do you need Mm. now people pleasers please hear this your Mm. task is not to meet your partner's needs (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah yeah The only time it's appropriate to meet someone else's needs is if they are children, your children, or other people's children, if they're children, or if it's someone who genuinely is dependent
1: on you. Mm.
2: Mm. Everybody else is responsible for their own needs.
1: Mm. Oh, that's massive, Ella. Everyone else is responsible for their own needs. Mm.
2: So when you love them, you can reflect to them that you can see they have unmet needs. Sure. That's the gift. That's the gift. Sure. You know when you go to like a shopping center and they have that huge map outside mm. and there's a tiny little red arrow somewhere. Yes. Happens, you are here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I kind of might say that in relationships, that is our job, to mm. be that little red arrow for someone else, to go, you are mm. here. Sure. I see you and I see that you're struggling. And then, D, what I'd said to you earlier was to say to your partner, I can see that you're finding this difficult. What would you like to do about it? Yeah. Can you see that it? it I believe in you? What are you going to do about this discomfort? I see your discomfort. I'm making you aware that I can see you have unmet needs. It's not okay for you to have unmet needs. We We all want you to have your needs met. How are you going to meet them? Mm. Yeah. But can you hear it puts it right back into their court?
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Say oh, morning. Good morning. Good morning. What are you doing? You're having
3: mama.
0: that what's interesting for me is just thinking about um, I love your and whose fault is that people, not his um, from (laughs) earlier that D and I both had a proper chuckle um, about, but I think that like, where do you think that that comes from? That, that, that at this point in time, I know that a lot of the conversations that I've had with, with uh, friends who are, who are deep in the trenches of mothering small children will are are fundamentally resentful of their partners (laughs) because there is an expectation that he will meet he or she will meet their needs. Yeah, and I don't. I, I'm wondering where does that come from? I think it's the the sense of like not wanting to own the fact that your your needs are your responsibility.
1: Or well, just not being wired. Like we're not raised that way as a society. That's not something that is um, mm. prefaced, right? So certainly the way I was raised was very much um, uh, there's a lot based on assumption and kind of smelling mm. someone else's. Needs, you know? <laughs> out but like ooh, that made you uncomfortable Ooh, that was inappropriate and thus you know I shouldn't do that and so I think in many ways there's a kind of talking down um, or mm-hmm. just wiping out full-on erasure right yeah um, need listening to methodologies it oh. is something I grew up with I can say that
0: um, I think in a way, babe, you're almost rewarded for like stepping in and being the savior and figuring out okay. what a person needs before, before they articulate it. There's like a sense of like, oh, you are amazing, you yeah. know?
2: Oh, this is such a huge, I, we, we almost need a whole, a whole session just on this. I'm going to, I want to just say a couple of comments on it because it's so massive. You, you're you tapping into something huge. First of all, I just want to say that all of capitalism is set up on the fact that something external to us is going mm. to meet our internal needs.
0: Mm. Say it again. Say it again. <laughs> Sorry, I was clicking while you were talking. <laughs> I heard you clicking. I heard it.
2: <laughs> the entire capitalist system runs on, is fed by the notion that an external thing will meet our internal needs. Sure. So Europe up, up against a big, a big machine when you start speaking about that. So that's the first thing we really are, and that's the whole addiction mentality, which is addiction, my definition mm-hmm. of addiction is when we use an external thing to meet an internal need mm. um, that's that's abuse that you know, like you talk about substance abuse, mm. addiction becomes when you believe that that external thing is the only thing that can meet your internal need mm. um, okay, so again, you know uh, capitalism. Addiction mentality, you've got those two beasts you're up against. And then we have our parents and their parents and their parents before them with all of their unmet needs mm. that have been passed down through generations. So it's an entire ancestral lineage of unmet needs that each one of us is handed at birth. Sure.
1: Okay.
2: And so our parents, their parents did it to them, our parents did it to us. You know that wonderful moment when a parent says to a child, and you may have done this to your children, and please do not blame yourselves for it because we have been deeply trained into it, but when your parent says, look what you made me do. Yeah, I've been told that. <laughs> and and the whole premise that my child must behave well for me to be happy. Mm. So that's mm. why you guys are tapping into a big thing now.
0: Mm. There's so much here for me, Eilat. Like I think um, I can't even. <laughs> the, the the stuff around um, meeting your needs and like this is, if you have to think about it from a formulaic perspective, this is how you can be happy, whatever happy require, whatever happy means. But you can be happy for the rest of your life is if you're meeting your needs, you will be, you will live a, a self-fulfilled life. If yeah. you're if you're not meeting your needs, you won't. Right? Is got it. and that's and that it, being that's it. <laughs> That's our motto, yes. But this idea of that being the foundation, I think it's so fascinating because at the beginning of the year, myself and my husband were, I think we were working out a way to, to leave each other. Um, we had reached a point where the relationship had deteriorated, and we felt like there was there was nothing really to save and We went into this um, this therapy, and I think that for both of us it was a sense of like we 're going to go into this therapy to work out what is the most amicable way to part and then structure our lives accordingly so that the children are least affected right mm-hmm. and What was incredible is so we we come into this office, and there 's this young, beautiful. Um, woman sitting there and she's like, okay, we're going to do a couple of exercises. And the first exercise that I'd like to start with is emotional needs. (laughs) And both me and my husband rolled our eyes for days because we were like, this is, I just, uh, it's vomit worthy. It's going to take up our time. What is she talking about? I don't understand. And then she says, okay, so these are just basic emotional needs, like, I don't know, sex or um, I don't know, friendship or whatever. She was like, these are basic emotional needs and we can go into a lot of detail, but I want you to also put down some of your emotional needs, right? Mm-hmm. And we then, she she had wanted to cover it in a session, in an hour and a half session, or she said that we could. I think that she knew we couldn't. We spent an entire six weeks of an hour and a half to two hours discussing and going into depth around our emotional needs. And it was the most profound exercise because I think for the longest time, this entire year, I've been saying, It was a profound exercise because we learned how to meet each other's basic needs or or love needs, right? Right. But actually, no, I I think now in in talking to you and hearing you, it was a profound exercise because we finally articulated our own needs. And started to realize the importance of meeting our own needs. Right. I just like, it's incredible for me because this entire year I've been saying, it's been so helpful because we've now met each other's needs. But actually, no. That's codependence.
2: Yeah. And that's not what you're doing. You're actually learning what your needs are. There's codependence, which is the addiction that's when you're asking your partner to meet your needs and if they don't you get angry you get upset you get distressed that's addiction that is not mm. that's not helpful not to anyone and i have to say we do this with our children as well i mean we we've sort of veered into relationships um but but all of this applies in in some ways to children as well and and i love talking about that too But so what is healthy interdependence? Because we are interdependent with our partners, right? Yeah. We don't want to not be. We don't want this kind of isolated, I'm on my own thing, you're on your own and That's not a relationship. A relationship, we do need our partners. We want to need them and that they need us, but not for survival. Yeah. So healthy interdependence is when I can know what my needs are, my emotional needs are, and then express them as clearly as I'm able to do, which sometimes is in a very messy way, to my partner. And my partner can say, he can be the little red arrow on the map. He says to me, you are here. I see Mm. you. I see you distressed. I see this need of yours isn't being met. What would you like to do about it? yeah you are here. This is the map which where do you want to go from here? It's not his or her job to
0: step in to meet my needs. Mm-hmm. It just isn't, and that's not helpful and I think just as a as a caveat then around thinking through parenting and granted like you can 't say to your your, your kid it 's not my job to meet your needs if you 're hungry, go and forage in the for, in the fridge yourself right <laughs> but like and I know that that 's not what you 're saying, but I think that what 's incredible is that if you parented in that in the similar vein and showed yeah. your and said to your child like just exactly what you 're saying the, the ability to do that allow thing like you, you then reflect back to them. You acknowledge this is where you're at. You lay it out factually without like this like proper temper tantrum triggering on a temper tantrum for, from mom as well. Yeah. And then you say, what would you like to do about it? I.e. You, you stimulate that love question. And yes. I just think it's, it's it's that, like it's teaching that daily practice. You're going to raise a child that will be quite different in the world.
2: Uh, absolutely. A child who's aware of their needs and and is able to express them with the trust, A, that the environment will actually listen to their needs and honor it. But that if the environment doesn't do that, they can do something about it.
3: Yeah.
2: Right. So yeah. With, with a small child, you can say when they're tantruming and you know they're hungry, mm-hmm. you can say to them, there's the map, you are here. I can see that you're very hungry or I think you haven't eaten for quite a while and maybe you're feeling this because you're hungry. What do mm. about it? So what shall we do about it? So mm. when they're little, it's we, right? You are their external resource. Absolutely. Their ego. So what should we do about it? And they can be completely overwhelmed and you say, shall we go and make something to eat? Mm. When they're very little, you're already training them. Oh, I feel terrible. Um mommy's saying it's because I haven't eaten
3: and mm.
2: we're gonna go make something to eat now.
3: Mm. And mm.
2: it's calming when someone acknowledges Kath, if you've had that experience of of working with needs, isn't it quite a profound experience when, when your need is acknowledged?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It
2: doesn't even have to be met, right? Just the Yeah,
0: it's just the acknowledgments. It's
2: just more yeah. like autonomic nervous system calms down from distress. Yeah.
0: And also not feeling judged for 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 your needs, and I know that that sounds silly, but like, um, okay, so an example—it's it's not a not the best example—but an example is that my husband's one of his needs is that his the way in which I can show love language to him is to feed him. Those are not things like feed him really good meals, good nutritious meals. He really appreciates that, right? And I know that that's a, a need that he can meet himself, but that's one of the ways that I can show love, right? Yeah. And he, for the longest time, didn't feel like he could say that because he knew that he married a raging feminist, <laughs> right? And I was like, it's not my responsibility to feed you. Like, that isn't, that's your, your between you and your stomach. If you need food, you go and sort it out yourself, right? right. And it's not helpful because then all it does is that you erase in silent something that is important to that person and creates a judgmental space where they're unable then to – it filters then into other needs that they may have, that they feel like they cannot stand within their their truth and say, this is a need of mine. Right. But, you know, I want to say to that, that even if
2: someone stands in judgment of your need, you express a need, because this is often our terror. We're going to say the thing that we've now unearthed and that we're so vulnerable about, and then it's going to be met with cynicism, with judgment. Mm. So to also be able to say, Okay that's your experience that's your reaction but it is still my legitimate need Absolutely. I love you I accept mm. this need I see that I'm not going to have it met from there <laughs> but I am going yeah. to find a way to have it met and it doesn't have to be selfish and and disconnected it can be very loving all of this
1: Sure I get that this I- is
2: incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think, um, Kath, what you're saying, I, I hear that. But, um, I also see how if you couldn't meet that need, it would also actually be okay. And I think yeah. Kath, what Eilat is saying mm. is that it doesn't mean that you, you didn't love him or that you weren't seeing his need, for example. Mm. It might just be that you're saying, actually, um, this is, I can see you need this. Um, I can help you in some ways, but I can't in others. I guess I'm just saying. Mm. what lot saying is that it is okay for you to hear a partner's need, and I am mm. I have a good one um, where you know my partner feels very vulnerable about something, a decision, and in fact doesn't like speaking to me about it very much because he feels so harshly judged. Right. Mm. Um, and I've said, I feel like it's important that you go ahead and honor that thing if that is a real need for you, something that you really, really want to need. If you feel that's going to fulfill you, you need to go oh. and do that. And perhaps oh. I've not been um, gentle enough in my saying, "Go ahead, and I'll, I'll, I'll be here." But I might—I don't know. I, I feel like sometimes our partners and us in how we partner. Um, we need for the partner to say, I hear that, I accept it, and I'm totally in on this. And if the other person isn't saying they're totally in on this thing, yeah. it's hard for the, for the, you know, for the one who's, 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 who's saying like, mm, this is hard for me to say to you. Okay. I hear that you're not completely cool or you're not, you know, you, but you're watching me go off because I'm, 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 I'm loving myself. I feel mm. like that's the tricky part is that mm. sometimes we assume that in the loving of ourselves and the loving of the partner and the yearing, the needs, et cetera, that there's a kind of, um, that there's a neat agreement at the end of it. And I sure I, what I hear you saying a is that sometimes it's not a neat agreement, but it is saying, I, this is my need. And perhaps the other one just saying, I honor that that is your need. Right. Like, I don't quite give it the way I might, but really this is yours. And I see that and I love you. So I, I think, and, and, and I think these Mm. things are so complex and uh, maybe to swing back a little bit to the kids, um, with kids also, right? Because sometimes they often, they want to do things that you might not want to do yeah you know this is certainly the case with 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 um, Tao and the age that he is at there are lots of things that he wants to do all the time. I don't want to do them. I don't know how to honor his truth all the time <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes
2: there's, a, there's a little a lovely little trick for parents um, which is it's a, like a wish fulfillment okay which is uh, when when a child wants something, and you can do this with adults too, but um, when a child really wants something and, and there's no way they're going to have it, <laughs> not from you anyway, <laughs> to say to them, oh, I, I wish you could have that, or I wish I could do that for you. Mm-hmm. What would it be like? What will it be like, you know, if if you do have it or mm. to give them a space to to get into the imagining of it because what mm. they're after is the feeling they'll get when they do it sure and so if you can say oh i wish that was possible what would it be like to do that and let them get into the imagining of it you're actually meeting their need in a in a very beautiful way because they they're being given permission to imagine the feeling which is what they're after anyway Right. Yeah. It's not. It's not ideal, but it's better than nothing. Instead of just a no, it's kind of oh, that would. I can see you. And again, it's. A, I can see you really need that. I can see you really mm. want that. Yeah. I wish I could do that for you. What would that be like? You
3: might pick up a bee.
1: So I know we need to close soon, but I just wanted yes. to yeah. do something to our just uh, one uh, kind of wrapping up um, comment slash uh, situation on, on from um, our side, um, which Eilat knows about, but I think it's so vital to you. So the um, about a month or two ago, Tao had you know he has a raging social life, much cooler than that. <laughs> and we had gone to a friend's place and you know we started noticing that the theme was bringing something home bringing a toy home from the friend's house you know both my partner and I were kind of a little bit like perplexed and confused and I was particularly um judgmental of it you know Will was kind of like okay yeah I kind of took the stand because you had such strong feelings about it but you know I don't really and i was like okay um but my point was you know I kept saying you know no 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 this isn't right this is not right you don't go to other people and come home with their things what are you doing nah. I was going you know I was really kind of going on and losing it had a chat with Eilat about it and she was, the first question you asked me, Eilat, or one of the first was um, so what? what's the issue here? <laughs> what what, what <laughs> is actually going on here? You know, Tao has gone out. He has very deftly negotiated getting something to take home for himself because maybe there's a, a good feeling attached to that. Maybe, you know. Mm. Taking into um account all the things happening <laughs> in our lives at the moment, new baby, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And she was saying, you know, he's gone and done this pretty cool thing. You know, he's gotten out, he's getting to the car, he's about to get in the car with his new prize position and the possession, and then you go, uh-uh, give that <laughs> right now. <laughs> and I, I could just, you know, I mean, we had, had exactly this encounter so many times. Or oh, he would walk in the door and I'd go. Oh, how was your play date? And we'd chat, and then he'd go, Look what I got, mom. And, yeah. and <laughs> I could see after a while, he stopped showing me what he had yeah. managed to, to to get or bring home because he was so anxious about, or not, I don't know if he was so anxious, but he was kind of like, You're going to be the killjoy. I'm not showing you. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, what I. I I, I mean, I just find it a really fascinating example. And I don't know if you want to add anything, Elaf, but um, just in listening to your child's needs. But also, I, I think what was interesting for me was that that had nothing to do with him, actually. And that just in you asking, yes. that, it yeah. jumped. This wasn't about Tao. Like, he was yeah. cool. His friend was cool. Because the other question you mm. asked was, did the friend consent? Right? Was this was this something yeah. they agreed upon? And they had, you know. And here I am going, no, 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 that's not right. And I can't yeah. say why, you know. And 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 really having to look at it mm. and go, this isn't about him. This is about me. This is my mm. stuff. And this is me teaching him not to love himself. You know. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. I
2: don't know what to add to it because I think the, the thing I remember from that conversation was that um, he was meeting the need to keep something nice from the date, you know, like a, a mm, like
0: memorabilia. <laughs> a yeah. wonderful time
2: he'd had. Um, yeah. And you were blocking it. And the, mm-hmm. that's why I called when I used to have a, a, a blog, and it's actually still available on my website now. If, the website is ifilovedmyself.com. And if you go to the blogs section, there's two blogs. There's love yourself and then there's says parenting. So if you mm. click on the parenting, it's the archives of five years of of blogs around how to love yourself while parenting. And mm. the blog's name was, So you think parenting's about the children? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. So that also still exists a lot because I was looking through that just last night and it, yeah, such a wonderful resource.
0: Yeah. It does exist, but it is also just to say. It's, I think it, it kicks into a paywall after two or three um, viewings. I think because that was my experience. I had a lot don't know of tech want...
2: problems on my site, and I'm moving it. So hopefully, okay. in the next few weeks, it'll be totally sorted out. It's supposed okay. to just be free. It's a free, you know, it's free resources that are available. Yeah. So thanks for that. I've been pulling my yeah. hair out. I've been meeting <laughs> <in> my needs. Very <laughs> carefully really
0: about
1: this. Is there anything um on your side, Kath, that you want to say or wrap up with?
0: Before I mean, we... I could keep I could keep talking to Elad forever, honestly. Um And I think it would be a joy to have you back on on MWA at some point um, because there's just there's so much here, um, so but much. you've dropped so many so many incredible gems in such a short space of time. I have thoroughly enjoyed this. Um, I cannot say thank you enough.
2: Thank you so much. Thanks for inviting me. I'm happy to come again. I feel like we, you know, we veered right off parenting. Yeah. So much to say. Um, yeah. I think you know, the, in my book, I do have a chapter, a whole chapter on parenting, how to love yourself in parenting, because I do think that it's. <laughs> I've said before that it's um it's higher grade self love.
0: say it again absolutely it is yeah because
2: what i wanted to say earlier and i'll just quickly throw it in is that one of the things that makes parenting so fantastic as a boot camp for self-love is that you're often having to face completely opposing needs that are both true and are Mm. And that's what I I wanted to say earlier. And I forgot Mm. some of the difficulty with parenting is that sometimes you just want to lie on the couch after a hard day and rest. And you finally put the kids to bed and, and and you think they're sleeping. And it's that sacred time where you can finally breathe. And then one of your children calls to you from bed. <laughs> mm. and you just it's it's, it's a moment where you kind of like what am i going to do now because the need is to rest and have time for yourself
3: mm.
2: but your other need is to be a parent that you feel good about being mm.
3: oh that's beautiful
2: and that's mm. that's the thing about parenting is that you're constantly faced with two equal needs and to say okay if i loved myself so then the laying it out is i really need time for myself but I also really want to be a parent I'm proud of being, and I want my children to have their needs met. If I loved myself, how would I navigate this now? What would I say to myself now? And then the most beautiful wisdom will emerge from you. Just trust it. I believe in you. Oh.
0: <laughs> that is that is incredible. Yeah. It really is. That is the dilemma. That is the crux of, of parenting, you know, and I think – that that's such an eloquent way to kind of round it up, um, and to know that that's that, that 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 both of those needs or multiple needs in this in, in sometimes in the case of having more than one child, yeah. are all valid and and important and true, mm. and it's what you're saying around trust yourself that the that the answer will 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 come. Yes,
1: and I think mm. sorry just to maybe last last thing to say you just summed that up, Cath that with. Because um, you, as you both know, as we chatted about earlier, my big conundrum at the moment is how does one meet the needs of more than one child? Yeah. And I think when that is your dilemma, and I suppose one shouldn't see it as a dilemma, but how you meet your own needs, but also how you meet the needs of both children, sometimes more for others, Um you know, with with integrity and with a feeling that makes you feel good inside and them feel good inside, is that is is a big, big challenge.
2: Oh, so the the real like this the sweetie that I can offer you here. <laughs> Is is to think of it not as I'm meeting their needs, but I am meeting my own needs in attending to my child's needs. Mm. I am choosing to do this. I could choose not to do this, and it would not feel good to me. Mm. And so if I'm going to get myself up out of that couch, it's because I am honoring myself and who I
0: want to be. I'm not doing it for my child. I'm doing it for me. There's so much power in that because that that small tweak, seemingly small tweaking is so significant because there's a sense of ownership and as you say standing in your power or standing in your truth around that and then you don't develop that like resentment much later I did all these things for you you know like what does that really even mean actually because fundamentally people who say that didn't they're looking to to meet a need of theirs to feel needed or whatever, whatever that may look like Yeah. so there's just so much power in that reframing that even in meeting the needs of your child you are meeting your need that is your need. Exactly. Mm, beautifully put. Oh, Ella, thank you so wow. much. This has been such an incredible conversation. Mm-hmm. Now, I, Dee, thanks. I now I, I fully understand because we mm-hmm. have lots of conversations about you. I feel like mm-hmm. I tangenti- tenge- tangentially know you because every time you've had a conversation with Dee, Dee will be like, just had a session with Aila. And I'm like, yeah. Okay. So what was, <laughs> what was unpacked today? <laughs> do you know, mute. what did you get? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You so mean? like, Stop I just, you have clearly had such a profound effect on on Dee um yeah. through massive yeah. life transitions yeah. in her life. Yeah. And just in this short hour and a half of sitting with you now, I feel I feel quite quite moved and shifted and and thank you so much. Yeah.
2: Wow. So thank you. Thank um, you, Ola. I'm very honored Dee, to know Dee. She's magnificent and <laughs> she and, is magnificent.
1: And any friend of hers is a friend of mine. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Ailat. And just to our listeners, the book is available and it is wonderful. And it's just a resource. It's a open it up anywhere and you know something will pop out. If you loved yourself. And check out the Facebook page. Um sign up for the newsletter. So helpful for just getting mm. what's happening, workshops and a whole host of things. Um and I think um what we could probably just round off this whole hour and a half of wonder and wisdom with is if you loved yourself today, what would you choose to do?
0: But also, sorry, because now I know that that's a great and very poignant way to end it. So apologies, I'm going to just mm-hmm. add a little thing I further.
1: I wanted to add
2: just about the book, where to get it, because people usually. ask, oh, yeah, and I just mm-hmm. think say before you say you're beautiful. Sure, sure, yeah, sure, sure, sure. It's going to be such a good ending, and I don't want to ruin it afterwards. Um, to just say it's available on Amazon and Kindle. And then, also, in South Africa, you can get it through um exclusive books online and loot dot okay. so those are
0: so there that's okay. my little piece okay no, I wasn't actually going to end off anything with beauty, but I was oh. going to say that if you're getting the newsletters, I think that this is because it's the season of gifting, and I don 't just mean Christmas, I mean just in life we should we should think about if we can, if we have the capacity, we should give to others and i An idea for a new mom is maybe a workshop with you oh. um what a good idea. You know, instead of instead of like a baby shower gift that will be tossed aside once the child has outgrown it. Um mm. it's just to 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 provide a new mom with the space and the platform. I've paid for this for this workshop and I think it would be it would it would hold you in such good stead. So mm. that is a, yeah, just a beautiful thought. Idea, a beautiful Kath? Idea. Yeah. Okay. But thank you so much, Aylat. Thank you. Thank Shri. you. Thanks, Thanks Dee. Thanks, Kath. <laughs> Have a good oh, one. Yeah, okay. self love. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Hey, I'm Kathleen. And I'm Dee. And you're listening to Mamas with Attitude, otherwise known as MWA. Mama, 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 mama,
3: mama, 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 mama. Attitude. The
0: That's same way so I immerse myself in my career, Yeah. you've now immersed yourself in my I've immersed, immersed
3: myself, myself in motherhood. Mummy's a bounce. is a bounce.
1: Is mama the bones? Weird, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, motherhood just comes to take on its different shapes and forms. Mama,
0: mama, mama. <laughs> no, actually, seriously, on a serious note, it's it's been really dope. Thank you.
1: Okay, bye. Mama,
3: mama, mama, mama. Attitude. So weird.